Discussing the commodities markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors, and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Commodity Watch Radio with Dominic Frisby. Baird & Co. are one of the UK's biggest coin and bullion dealers, if not the biggest coin and bullion dealer. They were founded in 1967 by Tony Baird, and he remains their boss, and he's talking to me now. Hello, Tony. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you, Dominic. Why don't you describe to us what's been going on in the, in the uh, physical gold market, your, your experiences over the last six months, and, and just compare them to, to for example, 1979-80, the last time gold fever raged. Oh, to a great extent, there are many similarities between uh, the, the current predicaments of the, of the banks and, indeed, uh, the, the public interest in bullion and gold coins. In 1979, the public couldn't actually buy um, gold. They could only buy gold coins. Uh, gold itself uh, was subject to VAT, uh, which it isn't now. It's completely VAT-free, of course. Uh, and so, so coins were massively popular then. There had been a severe banking crash in 1974 when many of the smaller banks were bailed out by the Bank of England lifeboat, not far off what's happening now. Uh, and... There was a, a wave of buying into bullion th- throughout the mid to, to late 70s. And what you're seeing now is very, very similar. Over the last couple of years, business has steadily increased. Uh, the interest in gold coins and indeed now small gold bars, which have been that exempt since the uh, January 2000 um, by an EC directive. Um, gold bars and gold coins are now as popular as each other. And s- since the, I suppose in the last... Uh, the last four months since since Lehman Brothers uh, decided to throw in the towel uh, and, uh, and others looked very wobbly, there has been a massive movement of money out of banks and, and into physical bullion, which people are taking home and putting under the bed. It's, it, it's been quite surprising. Is this the busiest you've ever known it? I, I would say it was probably, probably busier in 1978-79, but... Not really. This is this is the busiest it's been for many many years. Yes, and and it, and that that busyness has accelerated over the last four months, which is interesting. Yes, it, it, it had it had or well, business had been building up steadily over the last couple of years, with more and more inquiries about physical bullion and and indeed bullion on account for that matter, which is a more convenient way, by the way, of, of most public members of the public owning it. They don't have the insurance risk or the risk of robbery at home and so on. Um, but gradually. It was building up until, until until it was very well until Bradford and Bingley, I suppose. That was that was the main trigger when people realised that their money in banks was only safe up to up to the as far as the government guarantee uh, of, on deposits was concerned, and they've just been lowering the value of the money they've got in banks and spending it on physical bullion. And Bradford and Bingley would have been the start of it. That was probably a year ago now. On your website, uh, you say there are delays on uh, gold, silver, platinum, and palladium bars, and uh, you seem to be out of stock of various coins. Is there, is there a real shortage of physical metal at the moment? Uh, there's not a shortage of physical metal as such. Uh, don't forget that our bars are manufactured by us. 
And so we have a, a manufacturing capacity that's tailored to suit what we would not call normal levels of business. Um, but the volumes of business that we've been putting through in the last four to five months have increased so much that our manufacturing capacity is now stretched. And so on that front, the delays are simply getting the queue, they're coming off the end of the production line as fast as possible and you'll, and you'll be a week or three getting delivery. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as the gold coins are concerned, we normally carry millions of pounds of gold coins. Um, we're big stockists. Um, and, but those stocks have been going one way, that is out of the door, for the last three or four months. And our stocks are very low. And so what we've decided to do is because the market is so volatile uh, and we, there aren't many sellers and therefore there are no um, uh, obvious premiums available on people selling stuff to us, we, were, we are reluctant to sell anymore simply because we don't know what premium to charge because the replacement premium isn't apparent because there are no sellers. And so we've stopped taking orders for most gold coins, um, although our stocks are slowly building up again. When they've built up, then we'll be able to continue making a market for coins as well. I see. And what have been the most popular coins, Sovereigns and Krugerrands? Oh, Sovereigns, Krugerrands, uh, Britannias to a point, uh, Maple Leafs, very popular there. Uh, all, all the usual suspects, although we've been selling all sorts of things from Swiss Brunelli, uh, even uh, um, French 20 francs are, are, are popular here now. Um, Strange coins like Austrian four ducats and hundred coronas, Mexican fifty pesos. Uh, there are there are others like the Australian one uh, one ounce nuggets, um, the the Austrian philharmonica. All of those are all popular at the moment. People will buy anything. And are you experiencing? You're not experiencing yourselves any shortage of, um, should we say, industrial size gold and silver bars? No, uh, there's no shortage of those at all. We, we, we're moving tons of silver in here. Uh, we have no difficulty getting physical supplies. Uh, we're moving hundreds of kilos of gold. And again, we're having no difficulty getting physical supplies. But that would be of large market bars, not um, the small bars that we manufacture, which is where there is a, a hold-up simply because of our manufacturing capacity. Kilo bars of gold in the, in, in the general marketplace are in quite short supply, uh, mainly because... There are not many manufacturers of them, and they have the same problem as us. Big demand, uh, insufficient capacity to meet that demand, or, or they're unwilling to meet it because they've got other things to do. So all these rumours of, of a shortage of silver, you would dismiss them? Uh, well, I haven't experienced any shortage myself. In sterling, the gold price has remained pretty close to its all-time highs, largely because sterling has... has all but collapsed but in dollars gold has been in a downtrend since march um how do you explain this falling price uh, uh, in the futures market and this huge uh, physical demand that you're experiencing in the retail market how do you explain that divergence okay i i, I understand your confusion with the contradictory uh, sides of the business there um there is huge physical demand uh, and, and indeed, the price hasn't gone up like that. And that physical demand isn't just in the UK. It's, uh, we're experiencing great difficulty buying coins in any volume uh, anywhere in the world. So it's uh, America or the UK or Europe. Um, there are no sellers and there are plenty of buyers. Now, what seems to be happening, and it's always difficult to be precise, but what seems to be happening is that there are a lot of hedge funds uh, that 
are, are having people withdraw cash from the funds because they've been dissatisfied with the performance and that kind of thing lately, or they've got liabilities to pay elsewhere. And what you have to remember is that when, say, a private client invests a million pounds into a hedge fund, the hedge fund goes and spends 30 million by borrowing the 29. Mm-hmm. So w- what it's done is that million pounds isn't what's been spent. What's been spent is 30 million. And so this is all very well where the hedge, the hedge fund is doing this. But of course, it accelerates the increase in the price, particularly of commodities uh, or, or indeed any share. And so having, having been rather one way, that is, depositors have had their, their deposits multiplied and spent on the commodities, that, that is what has forced up all the commodity prices to a great extent. Now, the hedge funds themselves are being margin called, uh, and so therefore, they're, because they're taking losses on things like shares, and they are, they are being forced to sell something to raise the cash to pay for the the margin calls on the other things that they're losing money on. Now, the first thing that happens is that they sell the profitable items, such as their commodity positions, including gold and silver, of course, and so they're selling the paper, if you like, into the the market, the same market, where there is big physical demand. So the physical demand is actually stopping the the market from collapsing entirely. Um, With all that weight of paper on it, it would have gone down much more if the physical buying hadn't been in place. Now, the other side effect is that even those depositors that had put their funds into a hedge fund, when they want to take their million pounds back, the hedge fund is having to sell 30 million pounds to give them back the million because of the multiplication effect. And so it's, it's going down much faster, or it's going down as fast as it would have gone up because of this leverage. And, and that's the first difficulty. Eventually, when the paper sales stop, the physical buyers will prevail and gold will take off. What and so, so will silver. Uh, and what do you have um, kind of long-term price targets? Would you speculate as to where gold is going to go in this bull market, if it is indeed still a bull market? Well, we try very hard not to speculate. Uh, <laughs> as you know, we're physical bullion merchants. We can always tell you how much it is now. We, we very rarely venture into the realms of telling you where it might be in two or three or five weeks' time because we really don't know. If we did know, don't forget, we wouldn't need customers. And to be quite honest, we've probably got 10,000 clients. And so that's quite a lot of, of, of people. That's why this business is good and big. That's why we get a good, strong feel for what's actually going on, because we're, we're, we're getting feedback from an awful lot of people. Uh, the minute that we, we turned into a speculation business, I don't think we're that clever that we'd be there very long, and we wouldn't actually need clients. They'd be a damn nuisance because they'd interrupt our thinking. So we aren't a speculation business. <laughs> no, I know. Boils down to. I, I wondered if you had, you know, just a personal opinion rather than a, a, a company stance. <laughs> well, I can't. See, I, I personally can't see any reason why gold and silver shouldn't go up quite substantially over the next twelve months. Okay. Now, what happens if um, uh, loads of people are obviously sitting on loads of bullion under their mattresses at home? They um, seem to be. <laughs> at a certain point, people are going to want to sell that gold. Um, will there always be a market for that bullion? How does one well, go about selling it? Uh, well, we, we, we have no trouble buying it. We've, we've never stopped buying and we've never stopped selling effectively, except just for the short supply of coins at the moment. Um, we're, we're always in the market to buy. We have to buy as much as we sell. Mm-hmm. And, and so... The, the, the world bullion markets are quite well funded. They're pretty damn big, let's put it like that. Um, and so I couldn't foresee 
the bullion market is running out of money. And do Very you ever unlikely. see do you ever see an end to this shortage of coins? Uh, yes, I, I think it's been I think it's been brought about, or, or the, the massive demand's been brought about um, by uh, the weakness of the banks and people being afraid to leave their money in banks. Um, but now, uh, now the government seems to own most of them, or certainly has an interest in a lot of them. They seem a lot more stable now, and so I think the flight into coins uh, will slow down now. Uh, it, it, I'd be surprised if it didn't. Um, because all those people that were um, rushing to get their money out of Iceland before it collapsed and that kind of thing, but it the writing was on the wall. Uh, and a lot of people withdrew a lot of money very quickly and were afraid to put it somewhere else. So they simply spent it on bullion. Now, I think that mad surge is now out of the way and will return to fairly normal levels of business. Until um, the next mad surge. Certainly by the time Christmas comes around, it will have gone quiet. And then people will have moved it back to normal levels of business in January. And then uh, I think also that people are a bit scared of the impending recession, or perhaps it's not so impending, it's probably here now, uh, and they're uh, being rather conservative about saving some cash to see them through a, a hard time and perhaps putting the rest into gold rather than anything else. So um, I think all in all, the coin situation will ease because some buyers will, uh, uh, will continue, but not to the extent that they have been. And some sellers will come out of the woodwork and you'll get a more even market then. Okay. Now, what percentage of, of your ordinary average Joe's portfolio would you advise them to keep in precious metals? Or what percentage of their net worth? Okay, firstly, let me make it very clear that we aren't financial advisors. Of course. Um, we, we don't like to advise people. Um, we, we aren't terribly interested in what else they have in their portfolios, and we certainly wouldn't be impertinent enough to ask them. Um, we, we would only say that, and don't forget, we have a very biased opinion, because that's what we do for a living, but we would only say that you should keep a reasonable amount of your, uh, of your wealth in precious metals, because eventually it'll be worthwhile. Do you ever see a return to the days of some kind of gold standard or perhaps where gold becomes a, an actual currency again? I know effectively it's a currency, but a, a, an actual one. Well, gold, gold is generally um, favorably or, or, or whatever comparable with a foreign currency. It is a foreign currency. It's, it, it, it's traded against currencies. So it is essentially a foreign currency. I, I couldn't see a return to a gold standard because that would that would effectively be the introduction of monetary controls. Uh, don't forget exchange controls went out, went out with Mrs. Thatcher. Um, and the, the difficulty for the government would be that all the exchange control mechanism was dismantled and the door is totally wide open and much money is all over the world. It's, it is a free world when it comes to moving your money around. And to suddenly introduce uh, exchange control again uh, would, would would be virtually impossible, and so I can't I can't see that that would either work or be or, or be practically manageable. Uh, for a gold standard to be introduced, the government would have to confiscate all the gold, uh, and <laughs> the, I think it might have a bit of a job finding it. Frankly, <laughs> well, it, it it certainly would. But w I mean, what I was thinking of is. Um, uh, you know, the, the various countries were meeting just last weekend to discuss uh, a potential new Bretton Woods. Um, do you see a possibility where globally there might be a senior currency that is backed by gold and then other tra currencies trade against that currency? Ah, that, that wouldn't be a bad idea. 
if, if, there were, if there were a currency to, that was backed by gold, then that would be an extremely stable currency. Uh, for example, you've only got to have a look at the Swiss franc. Uh, and what you'll find is that the Swiss franc is backed by more gold proportionately than any other currency, as far as I'm aware. It certainly has a high proportion of gold backing. Uh, and uh, note for note, more than, mo more than most other currencies, but it's also an extremely stable currency. So yes, is the answer to that. If a big currency like the dollar uh, were to be adequately backed by just, say, 40% gold, it would be something. Uh, and that would massively stabilize uh, that, uh, that currency. And as long as the government restrained itself and didn't issue, um, print more paper, as it were, against a, a, a stagnant gold pile, then you, because that's called inflation, by the way, <laughs> you would have uh, a, a very stable currency where if, if it were to be adequately backed by gold. Do you think, again, I keep reading about manipulation of the COMEX uh, in both gold and silver. Do you think some kind of price suppression is going on? Uh, it's a good theory. Um, I, think it's, I think the market's far too big for that to happen. Um, I, th I think manipulating um, free markets in this, in, 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 in the, the, with the international manner of trade these days is extremely difficult, and I don't. And I think that the, the, the conspiracy theorists um, are basing their facts uh, on an incomplete picture. Uh, one of the one of the things that they're constantly saying is that silver is being manipulated because when you look at the market positions. There are thousands and thousands of ounces short in the market. That's fine. All they're looking at is what, the, what is in the market. I frequently have very large short positions in the market. The reason I do that is because I've got very long positions in my vaults mm -hmm. where I've bought in physical silver and I've sold it in the market to hedge my position. The answer being that when someone comes and buys my physical silver, I buy back my market positions. Yeah. And that's how I'm a non-speculative company. That's how I hedge my positions. And so if, all, all, all that the conspiracy theorists are able to measure is market contracts. They can't tell you what's in my vault because I don't tell them. And so if I bought a whole load of, uh, of scrap silver, I, I buy tons from strange places, people that recover silver from x-ray plates that have been in, in, in hospital uh, cellars for 50 years. Um, you can't measure that kind of physical silver. I buy huge quantities of, of, of processed scrap with silver in it. Um, and when it comes in here for processing, that's physical silver that I've agreed a price on and I've, and I've bought and paid for. So I then sell that position forward in the market to hedge it until I've processed the silver and made it into something that I can sell. And then I buy back my forward positions in the market. So it's not necessarily a whole market short position at all. It could be a whole load of physical silver out there. Very interesting. Do you have a, some kind of refinery there? Yes. Yes, we have, we have silver and gold refining processing here. Okay, excellent. Well, Tony, this has been an absolutely superb interview, and um, thank you very much indeed for your time. And uh, if anyone wants to uh, find out more about Baird & Co., it's goldline.co.uk. That's the one. All right, Tony, thank you very much indeed. No, that's no problem. Thank you very much indeed. Commodity Watch Radio is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee for Mindsight with music by Manolo Camp. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our bulletin board at globaledgeinvestors.com. 
That's globaledgeinvestors.com.